Thanks for joining the Grit and Grace podcast. So Megan Swan and I um, have started this little thing. If you don't know Megan, she is super cool. She does, oh my gosh, mindset, wellness, nutrition. Um, she's a, I would say she does alignment. She gets you back in alignment. She's really cool. I'm so lucky to be able to connect with her. She lives in Mexico. We chat at least once a week. And, um, today we're going to be talking about boundaries. This is one of my absolute favorite topics. Um, I would, I would really consider boundaries as one of the first things to establish to, um, in your self care routine. And I don't mean self-care in the multi-billion dollar business that is built on shame. I mean self-care in terms of taking care of your mental health. Um, So we cover a lot. We even got into parenting, which I didn't expect, which is super exciting. I'm currently writing a book um, and developing a course called Boundaries Like a Mother because we need them. Um, But we cover, you know, we cover the fact that boundaries are there to protect us all, especially ourselves, sometimes from ourselves. And they really help us identify where previous overstepping has been taking place. And this is going to pop up in the form of resistance to these boundaries by other people. So think about when you like establish a new routine, a new ritual, and people challenge it. Um, and then we go a little deeper, and I invite you to um, to think about triggers. So when these resistance, this resistance pops up, are you triggered? Um, are you triggered in general? Uh, parts of your story, maybe. What do you react to? Because at the end of the day, you know, it's just about you. Um, can you create space? We talk about that, creating space between the thing that is offending you and your reaction to it. I love that concept. So uh, we kind of uh, challenged you to ask yourself, is this trigger or is it truth? Um, And can you change your perspective to think of your triggers maybe as emotional feedback, um, as little like self-love letters even? Uh, These are parts of the story that, you know, you need to challenge them, your story, I'm saying, challenge them, change them, or just drop it. And then we talk about appreciating your your triggers. Like I said, they're little love notes in disguise. Um, so then we give you some some tools and tactics to cut the cord. Um, you know, I love my science backed, you know, peer reviewed research. I'm like the geopolitics girl, but also I love my crystals. You know, exercises like cutting the cord buy your sage, like you do you, you know, whatever you need to do to let that shit go. Uh, I'm a big fan. As my five-year-old would say, don't hate, meditate. Uh, So that was a lengthy intro. (laughs) And thank you so much for joining me today. I hope you enjoy my chat with Megan Swan on the Grit and Grace podcast. Hey, Megan, how are you? Good morning. I'm sweaty, but really happy and full of energy. You? Uh, Good. Yes, not sweaty. Hope hope to be sweaty later. Yes. (laughs) How's your week been so far? What are you working on? Oh my God, it's been pretty amazing. I've been focusing a lot on self-care. So I got this, I won last week, um, a contact in my new business training 
coaching container thing. Uh, she's an identity coach and she did a giveaway with a friend of hers who's a sensual movement coach. And so I got little, little amazing 30 minute sessions with each of them. One which was like the identity thing was like kind of mixed between tarot card readings and then like uh, identity timeline uh sewing what's the good like threading like certain things in my past i don't know it was really good and all that culminated uh, i had a distant reiki session yesterday so like a lot of deep stuff and the monday was actually the anniversary of my dad's death oh my god this is the first year in my life where um i just looked at it a lot differently like mm -hmm. i've just really reframed that whole narrative in my life over the last year so I'm not going to say that I celebrated it because that sounds awkward and weird, I think, for people. But yeah. um, I focused on all the amazing things I know he would have wanted for me and like got myself, you know, I'm, and celebrated that I'm no longer in victim mode in that narrative. Wow. And yeah, from that part of what came up, which was perfect for our talk about boundaries today, is that um, I'm also learning a lot with my human design. Um, and I have an open solar plexus, which means like that I'm a pure empath, 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 empath. Yeah. Uh, and I kind of already knew that, but it is something I actually learned back when I taught yoga a lot and with you know, existing people, like any sort of energy workers are really aware that you need to protect your energy when you're working with other people, like yeah. be it hands-on or even just like any sort of coaching where you're essentially taking in their energy. Um, so yeah, I got a lot of clarity on that and we can talk about um, protecting your energy and all that and boundaries. What's, what's on your week so far? You've had quite a productive week. Oh my gosh. Um, I have been a little quiet this week, just lots of client work um, on the publishing side of my business, but nice. Exciting. been a lot more quiet than than you that is a lot of energy flowing through your world um I'm hearing a lot about human design and I'm just learning about it but you're the one can you just tell people what that is it's really interesting yeah essentially it's uh quite a new phenomena if you will in the grand scheme of history it's I believe it started in 87 uh the, a gentleman whose name escapes me right now got essentially this download supposedly you know from whoever you believe that Donald has come from yeah uh in a visa so that might give you like an idea of <laughs> the frame however it is based on a deep connection between um Qi Zhong, I believe it's called it's like an ancient Chinese uh energy philosophy mixed with astrology yeah. mixed with physics so it's like quantum physics and so it's like definitely has some roots in science definitely has um you know a strong connection with astrology in that it's entirely based on the place the time and the date of your birth mm -hmm. and you get this um reading of sorts and there it, it's quite complex uh, and then the next level out from that, once you understand your human design, there's something called gene keys that gives you like a much deeper reading into what they call your shadows and your gifts. So like being aware of like 
uh, you know, it's a really nice way of saying your weaknesses and your, your talents, right? Or your gifts. So oh, yeah, a lot. And it's really helping me understand my energy flow and mm -hmm. how to uh, design my week, design my business, uh, you know, be much more in tune with my human design, which really is just talking about like how you, how you operate in the world, uh, how your energy works, like where you get your, your inspiration from. And, and some of it happens, it's predetermined 88 days before you're born to my understanding. And then uh, some of it is informed after. So it's like nature nurture on a, in the cosmos. Scale, yeah. It's cool. It's interesting. Um, yeah. So I'm writing my next uh, guided course and book right now on boundaries um, and it's for moms and it's called boundaries like a mother and I'm so oh, excited yeah, yeah. <laughs> um that's the name of our show sorry boundaries like a mother I'm a I'm a big <laughs> fan I I studied geopolitics in grad school and I had to take this course called uh boundaries like delimitations and delineations or something this is like nerd level on like that sounds like a course at like <laughs> like hyperdrive yeah. uh like we got pylons we got every, yeah so but but i love i love the concepts in a more abstract way so i obviously as a publisher and then as a kind of soma guide title tbd i help people tell their story and i help people change their story so boundaries when we start establishing them, you'll resistance will come up in the form of other people challenging. So that's a good way to see where previous overstepping was happening. So if you were to, if especially with mothers, if you were to start a morning workout routine like you had this morning, and all of a sudden you're getting a little pushback from your co-parent because they want to do something. So you see where I'm going. That could be indicative of previous overstepping. That's step one. Step two, notice your reaction to it. Notice your triggers. So that's the uncomfortable work, but it's worthy work because what triggers me might not trigger you. And it's really interesting, I think, to especially husbands and wives, just because that's like, you know, the closest daily relationship typically. Um, but it could be coworkers as well. And it's interesting um, when someone will say like, oh, I can't believe that happened. I'm so angry. But then the other person is like, what? They're not, they're quite unbothered by it. So establishing those boundaries and then noticing where the resistance comes up and then noticing your triggers based on that. And then that is the part of your story that needs to be dropped. And that's what I'm talking about this week. That's what I'm writing about. That's course guide book all that stuff maybe a group as well I don't know how this is going to resonate I think in the mom crowd it comes up a lot <laughs> um I, I know a meditation course last year that my brother got me for my birthday it was awesome by Pem Children Pema Pema Children and she talks similar like basically she refers to your triggers as Shempa which mm -hmm. I don't what what lineage would that be let's you like tibetan or anyway it doesn't matter sounds like sanskrit yeah but the word is really nice and it sounded kind of like just and, and her thing is just just do something different 
Like if you just keep getting like hooked in by the same shempa and do the same thing, yes, then nothing changes. Whereas if you just do anything different, she's like, take a breath, laugh, dance, like go outside, just do something other than what you always do, which is usually overreact or, you know, get in a negative thought spiral or whatever the thing. I was actually just talking to a client about this yesterday. Mm-hmm. Cause I know that I used to be in a very tight knit negative thought pattern. And, mm-hmm. you know, the first thing, well, the first thing is the awareness. Like, I think some people aren't even aware of their triggers, right? Because they know it to be true. They're like, no, this is objective. This is true. And it only takes two pieces of information for the human brain to create a wonderfully colorful narrative, narrative yeah. absolute bullshit and it's like and you, people who are highly triggerable will be like I know this to be true um Byron Katie Byron Kate is does, the, the wisdom conference I yeah think. the four questions and I can't remember I'm offhand but I'll, maybe we can include it below oh, like yeah. Knowing something to be true because you follow these breadcrumbs into this very creative forest, but it doesn't make it true. And this is where fights can come up and things like that. But yes, I do remember that meditation. And she's also saying like, just create space between the action and your reaction. And boundaries also do that. They, they actually protect us and they give us more expansiveness. Um, so yeah, I love I love that you're saying that. And I'm also going to include a little note maybe on tactical empathy, which is a great concept I've recently learned about. And another way to put it would be like shadow work on the heavy side, but tactical empathy just helps you kind of work through where the other person is coming from and then maybe soften those triggers. And, you know, we're human at the end of the day, we have to. Yeah, well, I mean, with this client yesterday, I'm like, one, men like just like everything you think they're thinking they're not thinking like there's no like you just need to in a calm and loving way tell them what you need because they're never going to figure that out without you telling them word for word so like all that energy you're spending like trying to manipulate or control or influence Mm -hmm. without actually saying what you need is wasted energy totally And then too, like I, part of my negative, my shempa, if you will, was, uh, I think a lot of women have, I'm, I'm imagining I wasn't the only one and that, you know, you just, you feel like you have to defend yourself. And so for me, one thing that has helped over the years is the very simple line of, or mantra of, do I want to be right? Or do I want to be happy? Yeah. And both of those are valid choices, but (laughs) it's your choice. Like no one else is in control of your choice in that, in that scenario. But anyway, back to, because you work, do a lot of therapy too. So I'm wondering, do you have one thing that I taught, I learned very early on when I was assisting um, yoga students and working that way energetically with people was to wash your hands with cold water after a yoga class. And like, I'm a huge fan of cold showers Sometimes when I'm just like at my wits end, even sometimes here, it's now starting to get hot where I, yeah. where I live, it's like 36 degrees every day. Um, and also everyone's setting their um, field on fire, slash and burn, cheapest way to, anyway, won't get into that. Just jumping in our pool, which is really cold and not heated. Mm-hmm. 
it can be transformational, but I, I recommend cold showers. Um, and, and one of my, my, um, spiritual allies yesterday was saying, you know, saging rooms, like all the things you know to do, but maybe you don't do it consistently enough, like essential oils, like just like switching up the energy of a room. Um, I, I'm actually not a big, I, a big sager, but I do love Palo Santo. I use that quite yeah. a bit. Even just lighting a candle and it's not, for me, it's not the candle, it's the match. It's the smell of the match that to me is like a reset on the energy of the room. Um, but yeah, have you found over the years, like there's something that you do when you're like working with intense yes. therapy? Before I did the work, there was a couple of energies that would come through this space that I would like have the sage, like following them out of the house, basically. <laughs> Like, and it was more like, yeah, a, I think I have an idea who that might have been, but yeah, like a self deprecating laughing. Like, you got to have fun. Okay. Like, yeah, I have the, uh, you know, you got to be a bit woo woo. It's why not? It's fun. Um, well, I'm going deep in the love the show. I love it. <laughs> um, you have to actually do the work as well. But anyway, absolutely. So, um, there is an exercise if you have a tough interaction with someone. Uh, I am absolutely by no means an expert in the Chinese meridians, but there, there are, I know a bit about chi. Uh, there's, um, God, that sounded so woo woo. Anyway, there's energy flowing through us. Okay. So when we take on someone else's energy, uh, in somatics, I won't get into all the different types of, of trauma, but let's say your phone rings quickly or someone calls your name that's the trauma that comes on to your, your back. You feel that tight shoulders, tight back, things like that. If you're carrying stress and anxiety, it's the trauma that's in the front. So in your tummy, in the, for women, even reproductive area, um, that's where you get inflammatory issues, da, 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 tight chest, things like that. So a great exercise, um, take your hands one hand at a time over your head and kind of almost wipe away mid back, mid thoracic around where the bra strap is like you're wiping away and it's called cutting the cord. It's, Ooh, um, another thing I'm doing this week. It's so good. Um, oh, yes. If you look it up, you're going to see like the hardcore existential with the crystals and everything. I'm just from my do experience, you do like a short visualization where you're like imagining a cord connecting you to that person. And you're yeah. like, I mean, there's a reason why people like it. It seems to work and you're just like, oh, even if you kind of do it in the more grounding way where you're like, that person's gone or that conversation's over or that situation just, oh, it's nice. And then noticing your trauma response in your body because the body tells you if you listen, what's happening. So um, yes, cutting the cord. I'm a, I'm a big fan. And, and I would add like, it's okay to have a little fun with it. You, you know, you can do the more silent meditative candle, things like that. You can just, you know, walk around with some sage. We're allowed. It's okay. You can have fun. <laughs> you can be like, wow. Oh, yeah. My kids are in a mood. It's like, <laughs> yeah, kids love to do it. My daughter sages our dog all the time. With essential oils. Lavender. Um, my daughter has also, so she's five and I don't know where she came up with this, but she'll often, she'll be like, don't hate meditate. <laughs> I'm like, 
that's amazing. Like, I love that. I can't take credit for that. It's so awesome. And she'll, um, the way that kids are interacting, I don't know where they get it from, but it's, it's really cool when I'm hearing little people say recently, just like, again, my daughter or her friends will be like, oh, that person's not a collaborator or like, I don't know about their energy. And like, I like that little people, little, little people are getting attuned to this. Um, but anyway, boundaries, I come back to boundaries for yourself or for your own mental health. Like it's just a great practice. And, um, yeah. Do you have anything else, any other physical practices that you use to kind of calm the body with yourself or your kids? Uh, well, I mean, I think back to the water, like being, just taking like an extra 30 seconds while you're already showering and like visualize like whatever it is, is like running off of you with the water. It doesn't have to be cold, but I find it's like more reset to your nervous system, a cold shower, Mm -hmm. um, arguably ups your, all of your, all of your systems optimized with cold showers. But I realize if you're in a Northern country, that might be different than here. I'm trying. (laughs) You like really want a cold shower. Uh, but yeah, I think just even just like the first step really is being more aware of how other people's energy are affecting, like how much of that are you taking on and understanding that you don't need to take that on. Yes. Like you are not the project manager of everything. And I noticed that in a lot of mom groups, um, with respect, you know, it's like, don't worry about it. It's not your story. It's not your business. And like, we're, especially when you see, I think the reason is it almost becomes high school again, because you'll meet other moms through friend group or like play dates, things like that. So the kids are the same age. So you can see how other people are doing it, how they're raising their kids, how they're speaking to them. And like, that can bring up triggers because you're judging yourself. Am I doing it right? Am I too strict? Am I this, that? And so I've, seen that kind of um it's just insecurity really it's just self-judgment and um we have like a saying okay I listen we listen to a lot of hip-hop in this house and there's like there's a line that's like worry about yourself just worry about yourself that's it worry about yourself and again that's probably why I'm such a big fan of of the capital B boundaries but um I also would reiterate because it comes from that insecurity moms it's called the mother load for a reason like we're carrying so much and uh particularly over the last year plus you know um and in some parts of the country it looks like it's and I know where you are like it it, this is not going to be over anytime soon so you it's really hard to work and retain your sense of self um your self-care routine your showers your essential oils all that stuff when you hear like mom, 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 like knocking. So just have some grace with yourself as well. You're human, I think is, is maybe the biggest takeaway. It's like, we're all trying. Yeah. Well, back to your, like, I think I like to think of, it just remind myself to stay in my own lane, you know, like, yeah. And sometimes that's even with our kids, you know, like I'm ready that time. a little less parenting goes a long way. <gasps> Amen. Amen. I've lived on both the east side and west side of Canada. And this, like the west side is like free range parenting. So there's 
things that come along with that that I that I disagree with because I'm I think I'm like appropriately uptight east side (laughs) but like but there's there's wonderful um kind of parenting tips that I've like taken back with me and it's like um it's not our job to entertain our children and like my mom constantly reminds me that she never played with me (laughs) that was not on the list of things to do like that was not expected that's what toys were for I know I'm like I gave you a brother I see I'm like I gave you a brother (laughs) what more do you want I'm sure she might if she's listening she might be a little I mean she has jokingly referred I'm sure it's some like certain stages she played with me but not to the extent that I feel guilty when I you know yeah I remember reading somewhere when your child asks to play with you that's their way of trying to connect and so it's like every time I'm like no I really don't want to fucking play Lego I'm sorry (laughs) I don't know I'm like let's listen to a podcast about (laughs) what you're interested in and I will like I, it gives me pleasure to sort the Lego into colors. So I sit there and I'm present, but I don't want to play like, like, no, sorry. I also read that when your child asks to play with you, they're, you know, they're not actually saying play it's connection. And I'm like, and when I am on my laptop, (laughs) I'm asking to launch a business and pay for food, not be a jerk. So no, I, I, my one of my children went to Montessori and they have lots of little workstations. They call it workstations set up where it's like different. Yeah, um, I, do like that. I love Montessori. And I love it. And it's like, and we say the same, like, okay, go do your work. And it's not to be this, like, like I'm George Orwell, 1987 here, but like, they love it. They do it. They manage themselves and go from station to station. And some of the things are books and some of them are like, I, don't have it it's not close but anyway we've got like the farm and all that different one of the best things my parents one of their best perspectives I think was always to tell us uh no your job right now is to be a really good student or like Mm -hmm. you know I I, so and now I tell like no your job right now is to learn to read and write your job is they're like oh well so what can I you know so what can I do for that and it's like well here's There was an amazing article. This woman, I will definitely include this below. I'll send it to you. She studied um, what she would call ancient civilization. So in the global South and then Inuit communities as well. And the children are so enmeshed in the adult world. So I've always felt this, and this is something about the West Coast parenting style that I vehemently disagree with. Even my two-year-old does chores. So I say, when I'm unloading the dishwasher, I'm like, here's a a cup. Because there's like the kid section, obviously, with all of their plates and things like that. He puts it away. Now he's become part of something. And now he's learning that he's proud of himself and he can do things and he's capable. And um, they, you know, same thing with temper tantrums. You don't treat the child like they're an idiot and, and they're out of control. What is the time at, you know? you bring them into the mix because if your husband had a temper tantrum, you wouldn't send him to his room. You would be like, Hey, what's going on? You might. You might. <laughs> I mean, I would leave. Agree. <laughs> time and space. You need to time yourself? All right. Okay. Later. <laughs> Sit down. Yeah. No, but you, you would say, what's going on right did you have a tough day like let's sort that yeah, out it would be a conversation not like an attempt to control 
someone yeah. expressing emotions, which essentially is what a tinder tantrum is, like the yeah. inability to control their emotions, which we all do. We all get pissy once in a while. We all get frustrated. Our computers all like shut down for no reason sometimes. Like, and I feel like we're kind of not allowing kids to just be like, this sucks or, you know, whatever, like this happened and then work through it. And you can't parent from a pedestal. Like it just, you have to, it's anyway, this, I will include this article and it's a book that this woman wrote. It's so cool. Um, it's about like bringing the kids and to what your mother said, it's, they actually, they are playing with them in a way, but, but it's more about being part of the family. And it's more about knowing that they have a place and space in the family and they're not some like infantilized thing that like doesn't get to be a part of adult conversations. And like, again, that's part of Montessori is like, don't treat children like they're unskilled, short, stupid people. No, they're, they're just little adults and they're little people. And so you bring the world down to their level. So like with my kids, all of their clothing, everything that's accessible, it's all for on their level. And right. I was thinking, I'm like, I say to my daughter, you're my shortest friend, but I don't hold that against you. Like I make the world accessible to her and then she feels empowered and she chooses, she makes, choose, she can make dinner. She's like, she's able, I said this to a friend of mine years ago. I'm like, yeah, of course my four-year-old can take the lasagna out, put it in the microwave. It's, it's, it's not that it, that's the full meal, but that's not the point. She can do it. And a friend of mine, like, he was like, oh, my 12 year old can't even, I'm like, that's on you. You have to teach them yeah, to be, yeah. feel good about themselves and what their capabilities they do have. All right. Well, I you got to go. <laughs> I gotta go. So takeaways for me are don't hate, meditate. That's amazing. Yes. And yeah. boundaries like a mother, because it's boundaries for your own good. Cool. I love it. Okay. We're going to talk next week. <laughs> have a good one. And maybe we'll have a name for the show. Yeah. One day. <laughs>